everyone. Welcome to our On The Fly podcast. My name is Louie. I'm Froyland. And I'm Yuko. We're here finally, you guys. This is it. So this is yep. officially our pilot episode for On The Fly. But before we proceed, how are you guys? How are you coping with the new normal? I'm good. I'm good. I think with all these months in lockdown, I'm relieved to finally be able to talk out loud. <laughs> so I said yes to this. I'm very excited to talk to you guys, to catch up with you guys. How about you, Yuko? I'm just doing okay, I guess. I'm, I've been feeling so bored. I know, I know okay. it's, it's weird coming from me, but you know, it's just taking, taking away the option to go out, even though if I don't want to go out, it's just it's been so sad. Just having the presence of friends and family is a big, big factor. But having it taken away is just like, oh, damn, you know? And I think Yuko's yeah. taking this the, taking this podcast as, a, as an opportunity to come out of her cave. We're slowly getting you out of that hermit life. How long have you been in hiding, Yuko? I wouldn't use the term in hiding, but I was really shut off for like, since May, I think. I don't know. I've been really, I've been really, I don't know, finding myself. You know? <laughs> so well, searching. To give, to give everyone <laughs> context, is the type of person to just stop replying to people, just not post about anything. And the fact that she lives in a different country as well means that we don't know anything I about what's happening. <laughs> well, we all have that face in life, but Yuko's uh, soul searching is in a like a much more extended and much more yeah, prolonged it's like, state. It's like it's her default one. Like her phases are the one where she actually interacts with people, and then her default is her hermit life. Talking like, to friends won't hurt. Like I wouldn't have agreed to doing anything like this if it weren't for you. Like if it was with other people. I know oh, Louie would yeah, me too. Other no, it's not that I would. I think. Hmm. I think that's that's the difference between the three of us. I mean, me and Yuko <laughs> are more more alike when it comes to dealing with people. Uh-huh. We're more yeah. uh, kept to ourselves and more like <laughs> we prefer intimate we're, settings. Louise is the more uh, party yeah. club type person. I I I enjoy it's more out there. Well, okay. Subjectively, when it's the three of us, I am the more extroverted one. And I think, yeah, now that you mention it, I think I would have said yes if it was other people as well. But mainly because I I have trouble saying no. Okay, right. Well, for me, I'm just so grateful that we are all healthy, especially myself, now that I live here in the U.S. where the COVID-19 cases just surpassed six million nationwide. Life in quarantine has been a cycle between work and sleep. I'm just trying to at least create a daily routine for myself. Well, yeah, just trying my best to keep my sanity intact. The thing is, though, the biggest dilemma is that how they're handling the pandemic, how they're trying to secure like the cases and whatnot, as opposed to stopping the economy yeah there is fear there is um a high level of alert that is being sent out i still had to go to work every day they kept going 
as normal as they possibly could but you could really see the effects of it like whenever i go to this mall that i usually frequent like on the way to work there are a lot of shops that are closing Whew. enough of this depressing talk why don't we explain to them the concept behind on the fly Well, to start off, the three of us, we've known each other for years. We met each other in college, so we go way back. And we usually catch up by having these calls. Since the three of us are very reclusive, <laughs> we don't really accept each other's calls all that often. Freyland called me like very early in the morning and pitched this idea. And I was like, oh, why not? And I guess that you can take it as my commitment to catching up with you guys every week with having no choice but to say it. How about you, Yuko? Aw, so you're doing this for us. I love it. What's your version of the story? <laughs> my version of the story is um, I got this message 8 a.m. Uh, from Froilen asking if, he wa- um, if I was av- available to talk. Okay, then, like out of the blue, there here comes Spoiland calling me, and normally I'd be like, "Oh my God, no, not today!" Because it was so early; it was 8 a.m. I was still like half asleep. I picked up the phone, and he was like, "I have a proposition to make. Let's make a let's start a podcast." And I was like, "Okay, I'll do it if Luisa agrees to do it." I was only like saying that because I was like, Luisa will never agree to doing this thing. <laughs> like, what the heck? And the next thing I knew, they were like, Oh, Luisa said yes. It's a go. It's a go. I was like, Oh my god, what did I get myself into? It would be a lie if I if I say na I only did it because you said yes. Probably in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, let's do this. It sounds fun, you know. I listen to a lot of podcasts right. as well, and like. You know, normally I don't talk a lot, so maybe you know, this could be my com- coming out of like my shell. See, how about you? Like, we're done with all this. One random afternoon, I was really uh-huh. bored, and I was like trying to reconnect with my with my outgoing self. You know, with my. Were you ever outgoing? I think that was a phase. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to find my, you know, regain my soul back, so to speak. Uh-huh. Like months ago, I was. I remember pushing my my younger sister, <laughs> who shall who shall not be named, yeah. into making a vlog. That's how bored I was. Frylan's pushing... a momager. <laughs> I was. I was like suggesting uh, topics, and I was offering my services. I was offering to offering produce it, to, <laughs> to produce it, to write it, and to edit it. Basically, it's my vlog, but she'll just be the face <laughs> of it. This this world that we're living in is crazy right now. I mean, you gotta do something new, or else you're just gonna keep doing the same thing every single day. So I called Yuko. It was a spur of the moment uh, call, and to my surprise, she said yes. To your surprise, she answered the phone. Yeah, well, well, that's the first surprise. So there are two surprises in that call. Well, to give everyone context, the three of us know each other from like college, right? From way, way back. From from, from 2010. 2010. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we all met in 2010. So we're all yeah. very different now. But basically, we're all very used to working behind the scenes. So I hope everyone grows with us in what we're doing and like enjoys our awkward selves in front of the camera. It's going to get better. Like right now, it does feel a bit awkward. But, you know, this is because it's being recorded, right? And we're just usually just going off tangent when we're on a call. I think what's going to be the most interesting, though, about our podcast is that We all know each other from 10 years ago. So we've known each other. We've been through a lot. Yeah, we've worked together. with each other. Although just in college, we've worked with each other. And we're literally, yeah. we're literally spread out across the globe right now. Yeah, originally we're all from the Philippines. We met in <laughs> 2010. And now 10 years later, where are we now? How about the Well, I'm still Google? in the Philippines. How about you, Yuko? How, how are you enjoying the experience, Luisa? Uh, <laughs> I have so many things to say, but let's talk about it later on. Okay. How about you, Yuko? So, so, like, I'm here in Japan, you know, the land of Pokemon and everything, kawaii and anime. You know, I'm here at my... No, this is my father's homeland, and right now my whole family's here, and you know, basically uprooted our life in Manila, uh, in the Philippines, and now, hello, konnichiwa. What's so up? how long have you been there, Yuko? <laughs> I've been here for three, yeah, three years. Um, it's coming up to four years in January, so it's been so fast. I never like, I've never thought of it as like. Oh my God! It's been three years already. Like every day, especially like at first, it's been fun. It's been a big change, and you know, I still miss the Philippines. I still miss you know, the very big B. If everyone knows him, I miss him so much. And how about you? There's Brandon? there's no there's no Jollibee there in Japan. No. Not even more, not even in Tokyo. Not even how many Tokyo? Filipinos no. are there? I mean, how many Filipinos are living in Japan right now? Do you have any idea? I, th- I think there's a lot, like thousands of us. Like, not only first generation Filipinos, like second generation Filipinos are also here, and like, I think there's a huge market for it. So if like anyone's working for Jollibee Corporation, please open one in Japan right now. Isap, I'll go to it. How about you, sure. So, uh, I'm taping this right now. Uh, it's too early. It's too <laughs> early for my life, as you can see. Now, uh, I moved to LA June of last year after a, a very long uh, career battle in the in Manila. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it's been pretty. Rewarding. The first few months here were were hard because I I moved to LA independent independently. I mean, unlike others who who has like family members or friends that can support them here, I guess a fate like moves uh, in mysterious ways. And if I really feel that I'm supposed to be here, I mean, in in hindsight, I mean, all that's happened to me before. I mean, it it led me here, so. So now, yeah, it's a it's pretty chill. It's a pretty chill morning here in Los Angeles. 
But yeah, we'll definitely get into uh, what you have been up to in the past few years. Okay, so what are we going to talk about on this podcast in the first place? I mean, what are the topics we have for them? Why will they be even interested in listening to Three Strangers? Well, in the first episode, definitely, I think, since we're catching up and whatnot, I think it's very, like, very we, can, we should go back to our roots. So this is reminiscing quarter-life crisis that I'm sure everyone can relate to since, and you since, know, we're pushing since, 30s. Yeah, that's... 90s kids, where are you at? Do, do, you feel, do you feel any pressure realizing that a few years from now, I mean, a few years from now, we'll be, like, hitting the big three, three zero? No, not really, like... You're not feeling any pressure, I don't feel any pressure right now. No, I'm kidding. No, it's not. I feel pressure. Pressure to do better for myself. Like, just, like, yeah. Just be- becoming more stable financially. And, like, right now, I can't say anything about, like, work. Because, you know, I can't. It's not like my, I have a job right now. But I don't consider it really my career. So career, right. I'm just try yeah I'm just trying to get by like and just trying to you know make myself more financially stable and more like just trying to open up to new things you know just doing things I guess every twenty year old should do before he or she hits thirty but you know I still have a lot of a lot of unleft things that uh, I haven't done so maybe you know. I still have a couple of years to go. You can't really erase that innate pressure. Like, the innate sense that what? you have, that you compare yourselves to others, to your peers. I, I think that's... You. Yeah, right? Like, I, deep down, we do know that all of us have our own pace. Huh. All yeah. of us have our own paths and whatnot. The timing and everything is different for all of us. But at the same time, when you see your peers having kids. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm very happy. You, you know, that's what that that's what triggers me to think, oh, my God, I'm nearing my 30s when I see my friends post that they're getting married. Yeah. You know, you're happy for them, but you're I'm like... I'm happy for them. What are you, like, getting any pressure with them having kids? Do you want to have kids now, Louisa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I don't want to have kids, kids ever. Like, oh. I don't feel like really? pressure at all. Yeah, like, no. I don't want to have kids for ever. Years, this is a shocker. You're thinking like this just now, and maybe down the no. road you'll change your mind, no? No. no. Like, you've made no. up your like, mind? Like, I've been decided ever since I was in college. Like, it's a running joke for, with my family. Well, not my parents, but, like, my cousins and I, like, the the bloodline will stop in our generation. But anyway, yeah, I don't get pressured when I see my I know, friends yeah. getting married or having kids. What I do feel pressured about is, like, my career, I guess. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Because my priorities before were very different. Like, I prioritized the experience more than the monetary compensation. And now oh. I'm kind of, I'm not, really regretting it but i was like oh, oh. oh. 
things would oh. be very different if I considered the salary, not just <laughs> the people I met and not just the experience. But yeah, I'm not. It is what it is. How about you, Fry? Yeah, well, like Louisa, I'm being I'm feeling most the most pressure, uh, about you know about my career because right now, like Yuko too, what I do here yeah. is what I. I, I just consider it as a job. But the thing it's, is, yeah, I, uh, but good, the thing yeah. I admire about other countries, I don't know if this applies to uh, Japan as well, but, but people here, they do what they have to do to survive. I mean, there's no discrimination oh. or whatever yeah. as to what job you're currently doing. I mean, when they ask you and and they don't look, look other people down for for how they work or or how they make their money. I mean, bus drivers here, I, I can observe they're respected. I mean, people thank bus drivers when they get off. People thank them for helping them when they get on the bus. I'm comparing this to my experience in the Philippines where, well, let's face it, people in the Philippines are, as much as we don't want to admit it, even if it was a joke, as a joke or something, people there tend to be more judgmental. So right now I'm um, doing an office job, which is very unlikely of me since my first experience in the professional world was an office job and it and, and didn't like turn out so well for me. <laughs> Killed you. Yeah, I think all of us can relate to that like first job hunting blues and the struggles and like how it kills you all, how it kills your heart and soul and your passion. So talking about like where we are now, now that we've got with caught up with each other, I want to know, I, I don't think I've ever discussed it with you guys, but I'm pretty sure that all of us as kids had this wild dream. Like by 25, I would be like a successful director. I would be a successful businesswoman. Now that you're past 25, like for me personally, <gasps> as a kid, as a kid, I was like, oh my God, 25 is so old. Like I, yeah. I should have achieved this, this, More. this, this, this by 25. And now that I'm past 25, I'm like, damn, I'm so <laughs> far from that. Like can't even compare. Like it's not even my dream anymore because I feel like it's so unrealistic. Uh, I want to hear about that from you guys like when you talk about like as a kid like as a little child or like you can go back to like high school you yeah like Like, what what was your because as a kid you have different dreams you go you go you wanted to be a ballerina right (gasps) yeah i wanted to be a ballerina everyone who knows me knows that tragic story i wanted to be a ballerina i told that to my parents then the next thing i knew they had signed me up for taekwondo classes (laughs) nice from being a graceful ballerina to like taking up a martial arts class i i went i had like the yellow belt I graduated from the white belt. Yuko, there's just yeah. two levels. Did you know that I was once uh well, I almost held a black belt. I was a brown belter when I was a kid. Okay. <gasps> oh my god, that's so high. Yeah, yeah it was oh like black, I right? You. I mean white, yeah. then yellow, and green, yellow. then blue, yeah. then yeah. brown. 
we never knew this that you were a brown belt is taekwondo it's, it's for karate i think oh, yeah karate. it was for karate the karate kid so you took karate lessons i took karate oh lessons God, for Freiland. you were a brown belter in brown karate. i took it for like three four years when i was in grade school okay oh my God. So i'm about this to bring up like you okay. you guys this is the funniest story about Freiland that i only just remembered from one of our calls recently that in our senior year in college i'll make it short very very late at night on oh a dark oh. street near our university Freiland and his best friend i think it was a bunch of strangers right they beat mm-hmm. you up so where was that karate where was first that self-defense first of all we were we were very were very drunk, drunk. Right? And that street wasn't supposed to be dark, so I thank the Manila government right now for lighting España up. I thought that they were my best friend's friend, trying to catch up with him. I saw this group of guys come up to him, and I, I thought that they were like patting him on the back. Right. But apparently it was a karate chop. They were trying to... I'm trying not to laugh so loud right now. They were trying to paralyze him from... from from behind <laughs> so you know it took it took a while before i realized that we were being they were they want to try to beat us up the thing the funny thing is they didn't even rob anything from us uh, i remember one of our discussions prior to getting beat up that night was we're like thinking of ways i mean thinking of the scenario if we die that night yeah, we were out in the drinking and we came to a point at our, at our discussion that we're saying that, what if we die tonight? What if we die tonight? Repeatedly. <laughs> so I think that's the universe telling we us, you know, to be careful. <laughs> you know, reminding us to be careful what we wish for. No, wait, like, let's going back though. What was like the defining moment? Like, okay. this is my dream. So when I was in preschool, like any other preschool. kid, I wanted to be uh, a commercial pilot. Oh damn! Okay. I thought then... you wanted to say a commercial model. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why. Maybe maybe that that dream came much later in life, but we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Then early on in grade school, I wanted to be a doctor, like any Probably, Asian yeah. kid. It was in the sixth grade when I realized that I have this. I have this dream of working, working behind the scenes. I mean, in television or even in film. You know, I think I focused on that dream so much that I forgot that I can be anything else. Yeah, since since grade six, I can say that I was pretty set on working in production. How about you, Yuko? First off. I wanted to become a lawyer. But you know, funny thing is, that lawyer dream, it never really ended up until we took up that law class. Yeah, media law, right? In high school, I got into writing because there was an opening for the school paper when I was in the on my freshman year in high school. And I was like, should I do this? No, I don't think that I want to do this. But my sixth grade advisor 
was also my English teacher. Oh, you should try out. You know, you're. You can. I think you can do this. And like, no, I don't. I don't think I want to. It's like it's a burden. You know, you have to stay back at school and things like that. She signed up my name for me, so I had no choice but to do to do the screening. They made me try writing news, so I got into news writing and like. I, you know, I found. I think I found my stride in news writing. Entering college, I wanted to become a news so uh, something to do with the news, news writer, news journalist, anything. College, like there was a fork in the road, media or like journalism. I was like, oh, long story short, some uh, a mentor of mine was like, you know, you shouldn't limit yourself. Try media because you know it's a broader. It covers a lot more than journalism. Like, so I was like, okay, let's do this. I think the difference between the three of us is that Froyland knew what he wanted to do at an early age, like sixth grade. Yeah. Yuko had a mentor to guide her to like assess your strengths yeah. as early as high school. Yeah. That's yeah. actually really important though, you guys. Like look for a good mentor, make friends other people outside of your normal social circle. Also, yeah, that's what no one will tell you. Like, you can't depend on adults because the adults don't know what they're doing. I think on my end, I never really knew what I wanted to do, even when I was, in, I was still in college. I think if it, was, if it was a thing in our university to go in undeclared, I would have gone in undeclared. At the end of the day, I really just had to pick something to major in. And as a kid, I was always exposed to television, to music, to pop culture. So, and I was very, very heavily inspired by one of these films that I watched right during application season. So I think that was also a big help for me. So that that was it for me. I didn't really. I think like the biggest dream that I had when I was a kid that I knew was very unrealistic was that I wanted to get into theater to be a performer. Now that I've grown into myself, I have acknowledged and accepted that I will never be a main character and that it is not in my personality to be a main character. I would be like the supportive side act. Now we've entered college. I mean, did it change? How how did your perspective on the on your future self change when you're actually taking up the course? Um, during college, it didn't change much. I just I just knew that I wanted to write. I, I'd write anything. I just knew that I wanted to write whatever it may be. I just knew that writing would forever be my outlet, like for expressing myself, you know. I, I don't have any, like... Freyland has this talent of like visioning, envisioning stuff and yeah. like putting his it's vision. Good direction. He envisions stuff, brings it to life. Yeah. He makes things tangible. And like Louisa, her talent, you, you sing. I don't have any performing arts talent per se. So like, my I, I only knew like that was my only um quote unquote skill that I have but you know it's not a very marketable skill I mean it is it can be but you know it's hard because like every everybody can write I don't like 
calling myself like a writer. Would you call yourself a farter? Because everyone farts. I think what you're trying to say is like, yes, you're a writer. Yes, you acknowledge that you're a good writer. But yeah. in the playing field, you're, you, feel, you feel like you're not as skilled as everyone yeah. else to make it a career. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for interpreting my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> From high school to college, when you were still thinking of writing as a career, did you have these like crazy ideas like while you were writing for like while you were writing scripts for our projects or like write um copies oh. for our advertising stuff? Like did you have oh. these like ideas that oh my god, I'm gonna make it big as a writer? Going to college, I knew that I could write like journalist, like journalistically. I could write news. I knew that for myself. I actually got a bit of experience, like professionally outside of like college set setting. I got an opportunity to write copies when I entered as a copywriter, and then like before going to Japan, you know, as Froyland would know, I had an opportunity to become uh, a a broadcast writer like a, a proper television drama writer and what's funny is that that internship company that firm that i interned it the one of the creative directors there who mentored us he i i feel like i don't know if i'm assuming i'm if i'm just assuming this but i think he likes my i don't know my guts or something after college he contacted me and was like he offered me a job I went for an interview. I was happy because anyone would kill for that position. I was like, no, I still have, I had this dream of like working for broadcast. I said, I'm so sorry, but I think this is not the right choice for me. And when the, well, when the opportunity for writing for dramas came up for TV, I was faced with another decision. Like, do I stay in the Philippines or like here, go to Japan? I had to set my priorities straight. There's a lot of, you know, what if I stayed? What if I took that job? What if I took that offer? But when it comes down to it, the only thing that I kept repeating to myself was, come on, you can write anywhere. You can, if you really wanted to write, you can write anywhere. Maybe, yeah, I don't have an audience to write for, but I just, No, I'm just trying to like write for myself. How about you, Fry? So when we when we were in college, I became like really involved in this closed circuit uh, media organization and the university. I staffed in almost every single event. I was there working behind the scenes, and I loved every minute of it. Other than the our curriculum in the university what really helped me what really like molded me into the person that I am uh, today is the experience that I got from that organization actually before graduation I already applied for the same company that where I entered at it was the biggest media company in the Philippines so almost everyone who had that dream of you know, pursuing a career in broadcast television, wanted to work there. So I was lucky that I was I was able to intern there and made some a few connections. After graduation, I waited for like a call from them. I didn't get that call. So I had to do, I had to do something because 
I think it was already July. I was feeling the pressure of having, you know, of, of not having a job and just staying at home while other our peers are already out there, you know, earning money. So I accepted a job offer to become a junior account manager at a public relations company, which I stayed for for six months. The day that I resigned from my job, it was the day that Pope Francis came to Manila. Somehow I felt sad because I didn't have a, a fallback. I mean, I didn't have another job offer just waiting for me. You know, I was deep inside. I was still waiting for that call to eventually join the the broadcast network. So I was on my way home and I saw this, I saw the caravan of Pope Francis. I mean, I had to, I had to get off the taxi because there was traffic. I remember it was Buendia and I saw the Pope up close and I somehow I felt relieved that I wasn't doing that job anymore in public, in public relations. Oh. You know, somehow I felt like I did the right thing. So you felt so like I it was held, a sign. Yeah, I, I took it as a sign. The Freiland sign is just so high up there that it's just, it's not even, oh, I saw a newspaper. Like, I saw a tweet that said, oh, quit your job. It's like, the Pope. I saw, the, saw Pope. the Pope in person. I saw the Pope in person. So I held on, I held on to that dream for an excruciating amount of time. I mean, when I, when I resigned in January, I remember the next job that I had was in November. Imagine having no job for 10 months. And I, I, I really remember feeling how, you know, I, I felt useless. I, I felt powerless. But, you know, you had this, you had this, uh, expectations. You had this, uh, well, you know that you've like planned your life ahead of you. Mm -hmm. We we like to feel that we're very in control of our lives. But when we get out of college, that's I have this advice for kids. And you think you know it all, but you don't. You know, when you go that's out so of college, cool. eventually, I mean, when you go out of college, you don't have schedules anymore. You don't have your professors anymore. You don't have mentors anymore. So these training wheels that suddenly they fell off and you're on your own. You make one mistake and it's permanent. Unlike in college, you make one mistake, the professor grades you low and you can do it again the next time. You can always apologize. You can always you can always study for it again. But in in the real world, man, it's hard. I mean, make one decision, it affects your life forever. You no, know, while while interning for the same broadcast company as Freeland, they used to tell us one thing. There are a lot of people who make make it through the program and a lot of those people aren't even good a lot of people a lot of good people a lot of talented people quit the only people who make it through are the ones who don't quit you may be talented you you may have the skills you may have everything but if you quit that's it you know it 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 really is you know all about the grind you, sh you shouldn't stop doing it you know if you want it you should keep on going for it because you, know, you never know what would happen yeah i think i think going on that idea i'll be really quick but like going on what you just said growing up now i had the same mentality like if you want it just pursue it no matter what what 
the circumstances are. But now that I'm here, present me wants to tell you guys that you really have to find the balance. Like, yes, stick it out if you think that it's really worth it. But at the same time, be, always be conscious of your own worth. Priorities can change if it's affecting too much of what's of your own bubble. Like, just be conscious of your priorities. Be conscious of yourself. Don't be a pushover, you know? Because I think it's in our culture as well that, that you just accept, like, oh, I'm just starting out. I have, to, I, have, I have to go through this like everyone else. But times are yeah, changing. Everyone goes through that like that yeah you, you have that mentality right like oh my god my boss went through this i have to go through this but what's important right now with everything that i've learned in the past few years is know your worth like it's not wrong to quit you guys it's not wrong to quit you're not being weak if you quit it's just not right for you <laughs> anyway yeah so I think on my end, going back though, on my end, when I graduated college, yeah, I wanted to pursue backstage broad production stuff, but I didn't really get to work on production until a few years after I started working. Because honestly, when you graduate, you have high expectations for yourself. And honestly, production work in the Philippines pays zero like won't survive i was very disheartened by that so i will i tried other industries as well but don't like don't get disheartened by all of the rejections that you get because really the job hunting process is the most heartbreaking thing i've ever experienced like it breaks you down mentally and emotionally like you will doubt your dreams you will doubt your capabilities aside from your inner struggle you see your peers flourishing like getting the jobs that you wanted and you're just like wait i have to focus on myself stop stop comparing yourself to others so i had constant quarter life crisis yeah setting your priority priorities manage your expectations it's a very unrewarding in terms of monetary compensation but the sense of fulfillment that you get it's like very so much more. Better things will realistically. Come. Realistically, it will take years. Imagine, yeah, being Filipino, but you know me having a Japanese father. Man, it, it, like when I was trying to explain to him that I had to go to this place because I had to, um, I had my test my internship my interview there and it goes for this long he'd be like why is it not within working hours normal working hours like he'd be like why is it on a saturday why is it on like this and like that and i'll be like man they it's really hard for him to get it production is really a unique industry I mean, we don't yeah. follow a certain uh, work hours. You don't follow. It's not a nine to five. Like they're just there for guidance, but they're not for you to follow. Okay, so coming from the discussions about what we set for ourselves when we were kids, right? And now um, that you're at this point of your life, um, what what has changed? Because you guys have mentioned our 
priorities are different. Our dreams are different now. So now that you're in LA pursuing, still pursuing the same dream, how has all of the responsibility that comes with age and adulting affected you? You know, before, when we graduated college, you didn't have, you know, you barely had anything to lose. As we grew older, you know, responsibilities piled up. So aside from pursuing that dream, I needed to maintain my lifestyle, you know, I needed to pay bills. I need to be independent. I'm still pursuing that dream, but I needed a way to make money while, you know, I was on my way to that dream. So I took jobs right now. I'm very lucky to have this, uh, to, uh, to have a job right now. I mean, in this economy and in the middle of this pandemic, I'm just, I'm just really thankful that I can still feed myself. Things change, you know, friendships change, uh, priorities change. You know, being an adult is very hard. That's for <laughs> sure. It not drains well. not just energy, but sometimes adulting drains the child in you, you know, the dreams in yeah. you. You know what surprised me, Frylando, was like, I, I'm not sure if I just didn't see that side of you when we knew each other in college and while you were working in Manila. But not when I sometimes hear you say in passing that you bought this for your little sister or you bought this for mm-hmm. your family, I, there's this thought in my head, oh, you never, or like, I never, I, I'm not sure if I just never saw that side of you, but like, oh, I think he's closer to his sister now more than ever now that he's out of the country. Like, he's, you kind of treat her to a lot of things now, which is like, that he's never happened true. before. I feel like, yeah, well, somehow I think, yeah, I grew closer to them. And before, I barely, I barely had time for them. Right now that I'm here in Los Angeles, uh, I make it a point to call them at least once a day. You know, because I'm, I'm here alone, you know, it helps your sanity and helps you personally to to be in touch with your family. Because that's why I realize here, I mean, no matter how, how many achievements you've already achieved or no matter how busy you are, you always have to make time for the people you love, I guess. You know, I think that's the biggest difference about you, though, Rylan, because you were always dead set on your job mm-hmm. for the past few years. Like, even in college, you never thought about anything else. Like, that's what you were known for. Like, if if you're attached to a project, that's that's it. Nothing else matters. No one else matters. Like... You just have to reach that deadline, get this output, like from college to the to your local jobs here in Manila. And I think, oh, and I'm, and I think that's a big realization for us that how much you've changed. Yeah, I think also this place like provided me the the breathing room that I knew I needed, but didn't have the the opportunity to have when I was in the Philippines. In Manila, it was all work, work, work. But here you get you get time to think about your life in general. I think once you move out of the country, somehow you maneuver and adjust your your strategy and how to uh, to approach things. You have to bend. I think what I've realized the most with working with a younger team is that when they ask me questions like, 
is it normal for me to experience this? Is it normal? Is it is this the right way of doing this and do, of doing that? And then I'm just like, oh, damn, yeah, I should have more experience and more insight on things. I always tell them, like, the biggest thing for me now, right? Discover who you are. Don't feel so rushed. Like, as you said, Freyla, earlier, like, I remember myself in the, at that age. I always, I was always like, oh, no, this and this is moving to another country. I should be able to move to another company or, like, to get that promotion and whatnot. I, I kept comparing myself to my peers at that age. Yeah. So now I'm always reminding them, don't be afraid to pause if you need to pause. Always prioritize yourself because you won't be able to achieve what you want to achieve if you yourself is just like not mentally stable and emotionally stable or emotionally ready. So, how about you, Yuki? My number one priority right now is, well, it might sound weird, but I want to be financially stable, like, to live on my own and to go somewhere. I want to go somewhere. Somewhere as in move there permanently or like short term? Permanently. I want to challenge it. You know, I want to take my shot at it. And like, I have this like time frame that by the time I reach 30, I'll be moving there. Well, I think that's the first time I've heard a few of your anecdotes. Like, even if we've known each other for 10 years, I think this is new insight, which is, like, pretty interesting, though, right? It really is, like, about that brown belt in karate. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't... I had no idea that Frylan was a karate kid. But, yeah, for sure, though, it was new insight on all of you. And I think... I think... What I realized is, although we keep saying that we're all different from each other, I think at the end of the day, we're all lost adults trying to survive. And what I really realized is that, although it's cliche, and I keep hearing this from other people, like, no no path is just like one straight line. Like, to reach your goals, you have to go through so many hurdles, and I think it's really great that I've seen that with you guys and heard and experienced it myself. Oh, it, it really is interesting. Like, you know, right now, we keep saying that we're pushing 30. And, you know, for other young people, it might seem like, oh my god, these three, what are they doing with their lives? Like, you know, for the young ones who are listening in right now, trust us, when you get to our age, you'll feel like you still have your whole life ahead of you. For me personally, talking to you guys and committing to this is a huge step in the right direction since I can freely, I'm starting to freely express myself again. It's so difficult to be conscious of what's happening in the world to your close close relatives and loved ones, but to keep yourself sane. But it's a process that I'm willing to go through because once your eyes are open, you can't really close them again. Because that's what being an adult is all about. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I mean, the most important thing is lesson is you you can't 
you can't carry all of the burdens, all of the frustrations, the anger, the anxiety on your own. You should always make time to talk to someone. It can be a friend, it can be your family, even a shrink. You know, just to manage, try to manage yourself, balance yourself, you know, find find hope even in the like the darkest of times. Because if we're all serious about every single thing that bothers us, it's going to make us crazy. We don't want to live in a much crazier world than it is right now. I think that was a pretty good catch-up, you guys. It I was. So. I enjoyed I've it never, a lot. How about you, Yuko? <laughs> Princess Yuko. The way oh. that we drew you out of your cave to talk to us for a few minutes. To have friends like Froylan and Luisa who will constantly be there messaging you even if you don't reply. You need people like them to, to push you out of your shell. And I'm you know, really thankful for this happy accident. I call it a happy accident because I wasn't really meant to answer that phone call for Ella and I swear <laughs> to God. I hope everyone also had fun listening to yeah. our discussions and I hope they yeah. could relate as well. And please forgive the, the quality of the audio because we're recording this through Zoom. But we are really so excited to share this journey with everyone and our sincerest gratitude to everyone who listened in in our yeah. conversation today. Even it's only if we're our just first really show, guys. A bunch yeah. of strangers. Yeah, definitely. Although, look forward to like listening to more content from us. I think we'll be discussing more pop culture and our own interests. Like, Yuko will be introducing some stuff to us. Froylan will be introducing some of his other interests to us and for myself as well. And I think Froylan has like all the platforms where you can check out our podcast. Yes, uh, so you can follow us everywhere at On The Fly Network. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. It's at On The, uh, it's on the Fly. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. And everywhere else. So please, you know, up, honestly, yo? please bear with us yes. as we try to be at least comfortable but yeah guys I hope I hope you felt comfortable enough hanging out with us and look forward to more of our content and that's it like fresh episodes like every Friday <laughs> yeah subscribe yeah. to us please leave us a message if you want us to talk about other things as well I think yeah Froylan mentioned all of the platforms and see you guys soon see you guys next week bye bye